All right, so Matt, I know you missed last week, uh, and I I don't expect you to have listened to the episode, but actually, I missed the last uh, missed the last two. Last weeks. two, yeah. But last week we had twelve games to predict, no, eleven games to predict, and I predicted that Tech would go ten and one across baseball, softball, and both basketball teams, and the one loss would be the softball game as part of the doubleheader on Saturday, and that's exactly what happened. So I think I'm a god huh. now. So not only does your well, voice sound like God, you are God. I think, yeah, that, the first thing only proves the second thing. <laughs> There's a scene in Mrs. Doubtfire where Robin Williams, imitating the voice of God, does so by putting his hand over his mouth and doing like the racist Native American thing. And for years, I thought that's how God spoke. So uh, it, 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 it would sound like something like your face is in a fan. So I don't believe you when you say you are because. Because you don't sound like that. All right, I can do that in post, though. I can just change how I sound. Just yeah, just do the whole entire podcast sounding like Robin yeah. Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire imitating God. Yes. But uh, twelve games to predict sounds awful. Um, so I'm, I, yeah, while I would have, while I would have done so if I were on the cast. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a lot to chew. Well, there might be that many this week. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Oh God! We'll have yeah. to count them up at the end. That and more right after this. I don't know. Are we leading into commercial now? Is that what the intro is? (laughs) Buy sunflower seeds or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be down on your knees for these sunflower seeds. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And the gang's all back together and... Boy, is there a lot to talk about this week. First up, we got a new AD. Oh, shit. And I, and yeah. <laughs> we do got a new AD, and I am not only completely unenthusiastic about it, but the new AD gave me ED uh, because I have uh, been completely <laughs> impotent ever since I found out who our new AD was going to be. A lot of rhymes in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. What is this like, Doctor Seuss rated PG thirteen? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but uh, I snuffle up a kiss can't get up a kiss. Oh my god! All right, yeah, uh, because AD. of this horrible AD decision, I don't like it. Go on. Tech's new AD is Ryan, who I've decided to nickname the Ivy Sore Ivy, is out of uh, Stephen F. Austin. Believe it or not, yes. Where we got platform. half our football team from and half our coaches from on football. Turns out we just hired their AD too. Yeah, not optimistic um, about this at all. I said in the chat when we found out that uh, this just kind of reinforces the continual plunge into FCS territory, where Tech's just kind of given up and doesn't give a fuck. And brought in, uh, you know, Scott Power. We all know. I I'm just trying to find. She used to say, "Fuck Scott Power." Well, Scott Power is gone for the record. Yes, yes, thankfully so. But more, you know, more diarrhea flakes from SFA keep falling into the Rustin hemisphere, and I don't like it because I have no optimism whatsoever about this. Zero. I see no positive. Everyone keeps saying it's a great hire. It seems like the only people saying that are white people that wear brown shoes. So I'm waiting for uh, <laughs> some some actual <laughs> credential that someone can give me to say that this is a good hire. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I've white people with brown shoes, just older white men, church going folk, if you will, that tuck their shirts into their pants. 
yeah, not super optimistic about this hire. I see. I'm waiting for someone to point to something and say, "This is why this guy's a good hire for this job." I've yet to see it. Maybe you guys can fill me in. He's got yeah. some pairs of brown shoes, so maybe that will help. But yeah, before he was at Stephen F. Austin, he was at Austin P. So I'm kind of surprised he didn't try to jump from Stephen F. Austin to the school in Austin, Texas. I, I guess he was just out of Austin schools. But if Austin P. does Austin Poo, <laughs> that's what they should rename you to do. I know what you're all thinking. You really missed me these last two weeks, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was at Austin P. Austin P. Before, I mean, okay, well, like, but but what has this man done? Tell me. So I think the key thing and the difference between him and our our last athletic director, right, Doctor Wood, who we I think felt pretty good about, um, is Ryan Ivy has been athletic director for the last eleven years. So he's coming in with some experience. You know, he's been at Stephen F. Austin since July 2018. Here's what it says in the sort of announcement article. It says he led them through a conference transition. I believe Stephen F. Austin went from the Southland to the WAC, if I'm not mistaken. He raised private donations, including securing the four largest single gifts in the athletic department's history, increased ticket sales by 189%, and completed more than $30 million in facility improvements. So those are kind of the the laurels that they're announcing him as resting on coming in to Ruston here. So, you know, I think if you look at the sort of landscape that tech is facing right now, obviously funding is sort of the biggest question mark. Um, what conference yeah. we're going to be in in the future is a big question mark. Decreasing ticket sales is definitely a problem across all the sports except baseball, I guess. And, uh, you know, I think we're in a pretty decent spot as far as facilities go, but, you know, maybe you know, not needing as many facilities improvements. Maybe we can get things like an indoor practice facility going for football, you know, finish up the the already existing projects like the scoreboard in the football stadium, the, um, the academic center in the North end zone, that sort of thing. But I mean, I think it's totally fair to not be super optimistic, but I'm just hoping that this is more of a, like, Maybe he's more of an execution behind the scenes guy than a you know out shaking hands kind of guy. I'm I'm not sure. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, I don't really care about any of that. The thing that I care about is that he played football at Memphis as a punter, and his claim to fame was that he was the holder for future Super Bowl champion kicker Stephen Goskowski. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's all that basically Sports Illustrated put in their report about. Yeah, that's a very strange uh, thing to be holding your hat. Of- Putting your hat oh, on. He held the anyway, football the, for. He did. He held the hat. Uh, well, well, those things you just mentioned are all great. If he is going to be a behind the scenes guy and not a, not an out front handshaker, that's cool with me. Uh, At the end of the day, he what he does is not completely. That, that's really what you want. I think I'm being unrealistic here. I keep affiliating. Oh, the AD has everything to do with how good certain sports teams are. And that that's just not the way it works. Well, you want, you want someone boring there, honestly, to be tr- like, yes, going out, shaking hands. Sure. I want a splashy head football coach. I want a boring, get things done. Athletic director. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that, I don't know this guy. I, I think I just insulted him accidentally by calling him boring. I'm sure he's actually quite <laughs> interesting, but with a school like tech, with the budget that we have, you need some guy that just comes in and gets things done. And that's what he's done so far at Austin P and Stephen F. Austin. He slowly moved his way up through the ranks. Uh, Stephen F. Austin is more prestigious than Austin P. And I think he was somewhere before there as well. He's done a good enough job. And if he does a good enough job at tech, he can have success. So that's really what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And I think yeah. like this is 
Dr. Henderson's like first big hire. Right. And, you know, it's uh, from everything he said, which if you haven't listened to, he was a guest on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, I think maybe two or three weeks ago. But that was like a great interview. Like it was he his vision and like Dr. Henderson just sounds like the kind of guy who gets shit done. So I, I kind of like want to trust that he found somebody that fits in with his vision for tech and, uh, you know, uh, is excited to you know, get to work with this guy and, and hopefully, and I don't know if he's a behind the scenes guy more so than a handshaking guy, but the types of things that he's listing as accomplishments here in this article or that tech is listing as his accomplishments are those kind of things, right? Just getting shit done. So hopefully that is uh sort of the direction that we're going to, we're going to go. And speaking of getting shit done, both basketball teams got quite a bit of shit done over this past week, <laughs> four and O. Oh. Two wins by each program, starting with what we'll talk about, the UTEP win on the road in El Paso by the men, 65 to 59. Yeah, I mean, I think we could almost just lump these two games together, to be honest with you. I mean, this is a tough road trip. I think I saw that Tech had won like one game in Las Cruces ever. They had won zero games. This was their first wow, win ever. Okay. They yeah. are now one in 10 in the Pan American <laughs> Center. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, it's not something that we do very often to to make this sort of Western road trip and win. Um, and obviously, New Mexico State, we were in the whack with them back in, you know, my college days before they've now rejoined um, Conference USA. But we've never beat them on the road. That is pretty wild. So, I mean, to, to come away with two victories, just like broad strokes here, to come away with two victories on the road, one is not that common in Conference USA play. And then it, it's also historically a bad trip for us to go out there to the, uh, the mountain time zone. Yeah. So yeah, this UTEP game, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty low scoring game. Kind of a, I think I described it as a rock fight. I was actually at work for the first half of this game, so I did not, uh, catch most of it, but it was, it came down to the end and, and tech was able to get it done. Right. It's kind of what I remember from it, but Nathan, yeah. what, what do you have as sort of the important factors from this game? Yeah, you mentioned the rock fight, nine ties and 18 lead changes in this game. Mm. Um, it was a one-possession game. I'm including four points as one possession because you can foul on a three-pointer. It was a one-possession game all the way from halftime until 19 seconds left in the game. Neither yeah. team could break away at all. And that may have been partially from Tech's point of view because they were missing somebody off the bench. Uh, Bacho and Newman, who we expected to be questionable for this game they both played in both games this weekend which was great to see but terry miller did not um i don't think anything official has been announced yet but the rumor going around is that he's done for the year yeah yeah, yeah rumor rumor is he got hurt in practice which is just just ass i mean it, that just sucks like especially i mean he's been really doing well lately you know last week when bacho couldn't play or i guess two weeks ago now he looked great you know, he got extended minutes and, and really played up to it, played up to the challenge. So, I mean, sucks. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be all right and can recover, you know, maybe faster than we expect. But, you know, obviously sucks for him and, and for the team. Have we cracked? We've surely cracked, cracked 20 wins by now, haven't we? We have. Yeah. It's now the 10th year in the last 12 seasons that Tech has gotten their 20th win. Can't, can, you know, can't, can't bat an eye at that. I mentioned before we hopped on and start recording how... Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Coach Hester. I, I it's been really, really difficult because my favorite sport's football. I that's my ride or die, and it's been a lot more die than ride the last 
<laughs> few years. So it's really refreshing to see a coach come in and commit to building a, a good team. And I've been very, very pleased to see how well uh, the men's basketball team has played this season. It's it's a good, it's a, 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 a big yeah. step in the right direction for wh- what I hope will eventually lead to uh, uh, hitting that upper echelon that we never quite hit. Meaning winning the, the tournament dance. and going to the yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's that's the that's the big step. Can can Tech win the tournament? Yeah. Can can they get to the dance? I'm not expecting them to win a game in the dance. I mean, you never know. Oh, Crazy shit I happens. Mean, but, yeah, uh, let's let's talk. I mean, so just to wrap up real quick, we beat UTEP six points, uh, sixty five to fifty nine. Go to New Mexico State, beat them sixty seven to fifty eight. Another you know pretty close game. Tech pulls away at the end, but. I mean, if you look at this team right now, right, we've got three games left in conference play tied for first where we've been pretty much the entire season. You know, I just a lot of times we focus on the other teams we're playing and we don't like stop and and look at our stats and how we, you know, sort of how we rank Um, right now. Our defense, Matt, you talk about the way the team plays, right? It's it's defense minded first. We have the number seven defense in NCAA basketball in terms of effective field goal percentage. Um, yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah, the that's number fantastic. one at defending two pointers. So we are the best defense in the country at stopping teams from scoring, you know, inside the arc. Now, three pointers, a little different, but it's still middle of the pack there. Yeah, middle of the pack there. And, but, you know, and that's only enough to drop us to seventh in effective field goal percentage from what that I, what first I like pace. What I, there's obviously a lot to like there, but what I like the most is an intangible, something that Coach Hester said when he took over the program was we're going to be a defensive basketball team. Mm-hmm. And he's done it. And yeah, you know, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> he, he did it pretty this. fast, too, because last year we were disappointed. But, I mean, it's been one year since then, and uh, we've got the number one two-point defense in the country, right? So Yeah, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to improve on number one. So, uh, yeah. But it's it's been really, really nice to see the team play so well. It, it's a, it's a different brand of basketball than the one we're all used to from when we were at Tech. It was the, the Duncan Dogs and prolific offenses and whatever the fuck. But this is this is just as satisfying to uh, see it from another end of the spectrum. I just I just hope as the season winds down, we're getting really close to March. Matter of fact, at leap year, we're two days away from March. Uh, I, I hope that this momentum can continue into uh, the tournament. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, looking at how we stack up conference play only, our offensive and defensive efficiency are number one in the conference. Effective field goal percentage, number one defensively, number three offensively. I mean, we're going to be a tough out in the conference tournament. And I'm not saying we can't be beat. We've lost three conference games so far. We've got a, we've got a couple of really tough games coming up here. Um, you know, honestly, all three games are, are losable, I think. But you know, going into that conference tournament, if you can get one of the top two seeds, you get a buy, or I think like you get a second day buy or something. I don't know exactly how it works, but you know, so the team has a fight ahead of them, them to get one of those top two seeds. And then obviously we got to win the conference tournament to make the dance. I think everybody, everybody knows that. So is this the year? I don't know, but, um, the team certainly has the, has the, you know, the, the fight in them to do that. To, to do great things. They, they, they got that dog in them. They do Indeed. got that dog in them. But just to correct Evan, every team except for the eight and nine seed get a first round oh. buy, but the one, two, seven, and the winner of that 
eight and nine seed game get a day off between the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Okay. So one versus eight or nine on the 13th, two versus seven also on the 13th, four versus five, and three versus six on the 14th, and then the semis on the 15th and the championship on the 16th. So not quite a first round bye, but being the one or two seed, hopefully with a win, gives you an extra day of rest. And equally as important is that we'd lost to Sam Houston State earlier in the year. They come back to the tech next week so that we'll preview that matchup next week but we really want them to lose because they have the tiebreaker over us for that first place seed right now yeah my understanding is even if we beat them they'll still hold the tiebreaker over us somehow um i think because of common opponents and the common opponent the best ranked common opponent i think is western kentucky right now and we lost to them and i think they beat them twice okay okay so speaking of that, I mean, that's a good transition into our one game this week is tonight as this podcast comes out. I hope, Nathan, if you're able to edit it in time but, uh, or tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Wednesday, February 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Tech takes on Western Kentucky in Bowling Green. So uh, you just mentioned we lost to them earlier this season um, and now we have to go on the road. Right. It's our only game this week. You know, so a, a huge matchup here because Western, I think, to have any hope of a top two seed, they've got to they've got to win out. So they're going to be fighting pretty hard. Yeah, the game also streaming um, on ESPN Plus, or you can go attend in person at the EA Diddle Arena. Diddle, Diddle, Harold yeah. name for but, an arena. Yeah, well, the Hilltoppers are nineteen and eight on the year, and eight and five in conference. Um, one of those wins for both on the year and in conference was Tech's only home loss of the season. Uh, not only yeah. was it a loss, it was the only home loss. Um, crucially, though, they lost on Saturday to worst in conference USA Middle Tennessee on the road in Murfreesboro. But still, uh, this team it's is not well, infallible or anything like that. But it will be a different story playing them on their home court. Yeah, yeah last time uh, these two teams met up, it was Don McHenry and Rodney Howard for the Hilltoppers that kind of dominated the the court. They had 20 points and 18 points, respectively. The Hilltoppers did not shoot a lot of three-pointers, and they really didn't make a lot of three-pointers. So very interesting that they were able to to score um, as much as they did, you know, against our sort of vaunted two-point defense because... Well, uh, <laughs> that two-point defense got in foul trouble is really what happened. Mm, uh, that's true. Crawford and Bacho got an early foul trouble. They both had two fouls pretty early in the first half, and then both ended up fouling out as well. Um, so keeping those best players on the court is crucial. Add in uh, Talik Chavez, who didn't play as well in that game. Oh, and right. Yeah. You really, really hope that that was the reason why Tech lost this game in round one. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that Western Kentucky loves to play at pace. Right. I mean, they they are a a pace oriented team. They're fourth in the nation in terms of the shortest average possession length. So they really like to run the floor and and put up a shot early in the clock. They average 14.6 seconds per possession, you know, and so so they like to play fast. And uh, Tech's defense, you know, once in foul trouble, couldn't really stop that from happening. And uh, yeah, like you said, our two best players fouled out and uh, our second or third best player, depending on which game. Uh, didn't play because he was he was out for personal reasons, I think, was the official line there. So, um, yeah, hearing all that back, I think I like our chances a lot in this game, even though it's on the road. I mean, Chavez coming back and, uh, you know, Bacho and Crawford, hopefully not getting in early foul trouble will be huge. Yeah, 
I'm hoping Chavez fixes the three-point shooting issues that we had last time, too. 24% from three Mm. in that game. And Western Kentucky, that's where their defense is especially good at, forcing bad three-pointers. So uh, it was kind of a cheat code to have us miss our best three-point shooting guard when we're playing a team that's good at stopping them. But still, I'm excited for this rematch again on Wednesday on ESPN+. Plus, Or if you want to travel to Bowling Green, Kentucky, I won't stop you. <laughs> so yeah, the Lady Texters also won two games this week. It's been a while since we've been able to say that. Yeah, I mean, I think I... Would I say they were going to split, maybe? I think I had us 9-2 and two on the week. So I wasn't I was... paying attention to what you were saying, because I got it right, <laughs> so that's all I remember. Fair enough. I mean, these are two, like, well, one of them was a big win. 85-69 to 69 win over UTEP on uh, Thursday night, and then a 70-63 to 63 overtime. It's yeah. kind of a kind of an overtime extra inning kind of day in uh in women's sports in Ruston last yeah. last Saturday. We'll get to the softball in a little bit, but yeah, that Thursday game, you, you said it was a big win. It was what a, a sixteen point win. Yeah. Um, I mean, seven of those sixteen came in the fourth quarter in terms of the difference. A twenty one to fourteen fourth quarter really helped the Texters pull away yeah. from UTEP there, and that's great to see too because like they have gone into fourth quarters with leads lately and not come out with victories. So yeah. to kind of keep the pedal to the metal, right? Keep pushing and uh and keep scoring. I mean, yeah, that's that's what you need. That's what we've needed all season. And then the New Mexico State victory was senior day. They still have one more home game left and we're about to talk about it, but uh it's their last home game on a weekend, so they did their senior day and celebrated as one of those seniors was Analar Robertson. Who became this week the 13th Lady Texter to score 1,500 points and have 900 rebounds? <laughs> Damn, that is yeah, uh, that, that is a, a a short list to be a part of, especially on this team. Yeah. Also, like you hear 13, and you're like, oh, that's not that special, and then you're like, oh, but we're the Lady Texters. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So shout out to Analar Roberson. I mean, she's been she's been great fun to watch. I I will always remember her heating up in that MTSU semifinal game. Was that two years ago now? When when both teams made the championship game at the Conference USA tournament? Yeah, that was that was masterful to watch. And uh, yeah. you know, twenty three points in this game. You know, just big shout out to her. Also, I want to call out that ten different players scored points for Tech in this game, which is you know different than what we sometimes see, where it's like, okay, Roberson scored, Salma Bates scored. Robin Lee scored and oh, those are the only three, right? Like we've yeah. got like games where three or four players score all the points, but you know, 10 players, you know, some pretty getting some minutes here for the depth as well. Uh, good stuff from the Texters. And while the Texters have won three of their last four, their opponent this week has lost three of their past four and that's Western Kentucky right now. Massey gives tech a 55% chance to win this game on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central, final score predicted 65 to 63. So another close game predicted. It feels like that's all that Massey does is predict us in close games. Mm, yeah. Some games that weren't close this week were the baseball <laughs> games. Oh, oh, man. Hey, baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport. I like the way they... I like the way they bet on games and get banned for life. <laughs> Wait, that was just Pete Rose. Sorry. Uh, probably wasn't just Pete Rose. <laughs> Speaking of being banned, uh, Cole McConnell. <laughs> uh, Cole McConnell was back. He was, you know, he served out his suspension and, and he comes back for this series against uh, Kent State, which, again, I want to be I want to be clear here. 
fuck Kent State. Um, yeah, shout out, shout out Akron Zips. I'm not going to shout out Akron. Okay. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you fact, from I'm not. Text, I'm if gonna if text all of your Jake. friends were jumping off a cliff and shouting out Akron, would you? I would jump off a cliff to ensure that Jake is sad that Akron continues to be horrible at sports. <laughs> well, okay. luckily, luckily we didn't play Akron. We played Kent State. <laughs> uh, um, I want Jake to be in a pit of misery. I love you, Jake. You're a good guy. But uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the Bulldogs baseball team has been on quite a ripper and tear. I think it's their best start in uh, quite a while. Yeah, it's hard to be better in seven games than seven and zero. Yeah. False. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so far, after this most recent series, I mean, what's sticking out the most? What's the biggest positive? Biggest positive, I think, is the bullpen so far. Would you agree with that, Nathan? Yeah, at least in terms of what we were most worried about yeah. going into this year and having it come out the gate that hot has been great to see. We expected the bats to be hot. We, I mean, we're returning a bunch of names that we recognize from last year's team, but the pitching is where we had question marks, and they've looked really good so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw a tweet where 11th nationally in ERA, which again, I mean, it's it's seven games, but it could be a lot worse. Right. Last year, we were we were not looking so hot through seven games. So, you know, it's a lot easier to sit on this side of the statistical, you know, fence and say, oh, yeah, like this feels great uh, when, you know, last year it it did not. It did not feel great. <laughs> but, um, you know, at, at this point, we've got what, five pitchers, six pitchers who even have any earned runs at this point. And we've we've pitched, I think, like, what is this, like 12 bit? 13, 14 guys. Yeah. 15 15. guys. So, I mean, just the fact that we've got dudes coming off the bench that aren't giving up hits, they aren't giving up a lot of walks and they're not giving up any earned runs. Like that is, that is huge. Yeah. Eight guys right now have an ERA of zero and all of them have pitched at least uh, five outs. Uh, That's again, small that those numbers won't stay at zero, but yeah, that's still better than them. Not at zero. And really like just picking one is very hard to do at this point of the season. Uh, We know what to expect from Ethan Bates uh, having pitched last year. We recognize some of the other names that have done some pitching in these games as well. But I mean, there's just a lot to like so far and and just all across the board on the pitching side and in the batting side. I mean, and you mentioned, Matt, you don't know who we've played. These are two teams that are the best. I mean, Northern Colorado, they apparently only call only baseball team in the only division one baseball team in Colorado um, and Kent State, who I think is typically no, pretty good Air for the Force. Mac. There's Air Force, but. Oh, you're right. I forgot the Air Force is in Colorado. Yeah, but I mean, Kent State, though, like for all that uh, I, you know, talk trash on them because my my buddy's an Akron fan. Uh, they're expected to win the Mac this year. So we I mean, we came out and beat them. What were the scores? Let's see. Eight to five, 10 to two and 13 to two. Yeah. I mean, that's curb stomped. Yeah. We, we didn't allow, we didn't allow them to get into double digits across three games. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we scored 31 outscored them 31 to nine. Is that, is that quick math? Correct. I think so. But yeah, I mean, and Nathan, you said you wouldn't pick one guy. I'm going to pick one guy on the pitching staff that I have been, just blown away by so far, Sam Broderson. He's uh yeah, he's the transfer from I believe Wingate. Yeah, I think a, a D two school. He was the closer in their national championship win, um for D two. Huh? So I mean, this guy he's not our closer, right? Like we we talked to 
to right field dogs. And I felt like an idiot because I forgot about Ethan Bates for a second. Some fucking how. Um, <laughs> but Sam Broderson has come in these games in like the eighth inning and he's just striking dudes out. So Burroughs has left him out there, you know, so Bates has has not had to come in and, and like get his inning count up that high. So like right now, I mean, through seven games, like Broderson has pitched six and a third innings and uh, and Bates has only pitched three and a third. Like last year, by this time, I bet Bates had been on the field a lot more. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's that's great for the uh, sort of late season, too, because you don't want to burn out guys too fast. So that's that's my pick so far. I mean, Caden Copeland, who has been on the team, he's pitched five innings and hasn't given up a run either. Uh, yeah. Like it, it just even, it's just across the board. Even the starters. I mean, like Turner Swistak has looked great. He's got 10 strikeouts. 1.86 ERA and nine and two thirds Luke Nichols. I mean, these are the starting like weekend guys, Luke Nichols, uh, you know, also 10 strikeouts and 10 innings, a, a few more earned runs given up, but you know, like just the whole pitching staff has been like a, a weight off of our shoulders as fans so far this season, obviously yeah. just two weekends in, but, um, you know, as we say, you can't go 56 and zero without going seven and zero, right? That is true. Uh, yeah. So world where tech goes, Undefeated and wins the whole thing. Yeah. They'll hope to keep that hope alive this week when they face McNeese on the road in Lake Charles and then the three-game series battle at the ballpark in Sugarland, Texas at the Sugarland Space Cowboys Stadium called Constellation Field. Hmm. Um, yeah, this McNeese game, game, right now RPI actually predicts Tech to lose this game 5-6 to six, um, on the road, but uh, then win all three games against Army, Crichton, Creighton and Air Force. Interesting. Where's Creighton? They're in Omaha. Ah. Oh, man. Yeah. I could go to that. Well, it's in Houston, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. What a, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's in. Uh, if it was in Creighton, that'd be a, a fun little thing to go to. Damn it. Yeah. Massey actually predicts Tech will beat McNeese. 7 to 5 and then 73% chance to beat army, 56% chance to beat Creighton and 59% chance to beat Air Force. Wait, so it's saying we're going to win all four now? Yes. Oh. Uh, Massey is. RPI is saying oh, we okay. lose McNeese. Okay. Yeah, RPI is so fucked R- up. This early in the season. Anyway. Southeastern Louisiana right now is number 28 and I went and saw their second game of the season and it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think McNeese uh struggled their first weekend but they swept our new conference mate, New Mexico state this past weekend. So in a four game set, I want to say, so um, yeah, that'll be a fun little challenge, you know, a sort of first midweek game of the year. Um, And then, yeah, I have no idea what to expect from this, you know, sort of in season tournament thing where we're playing three different teams in three days. Like, I don't know. It'll be fun Uh, being broadcast on D one baseball.com. I think it's like $30 to sign up for a month to, to watch it, yep. so that's annoying. We'll, do, we'll just but. do one big GoTech Please Don't Die password share among the entire fan base. Yes, the way it should be. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, I, I can't watch because I'm going to a concert on Friday, so like I don't want to pay $30 for two baseball games. I'll just listen to Dave Nitz, I think, but, or no, yeah. it's not even going to be Dave Nitz, it's going to be Teddy Allen, I think, but I'll just listen to my old pal Ted. As you know him. This is a good... Uh, segue for me to uh, say something I should have kicked off the podcast with something I probably should have said the moment I got on with Evan earlier the first time we've spoken in a couple of weeks uh, speaking of radio people I just want to say that uh, Jim Henderson is the worst in the history of radio oh okay 
You're talking about he makes a fine <laughs> university president. Yeah, you're talking about President Jim Henderson, I suppose. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Not, not legendary the, uh, Saints play-by-play announcer uh, Jim Henderson. Legend in his own mind. Um, <laughs> no, he's easily one of the best ever. Uh, <laughs> shout out to both Jim Hendersons and shout out to Dave Nitz, who's only calling baseball games these days. And we have been enjoying them, especially because these games have not been on ESPN Plus. But this game against McNeese will be on ESPN Plus. So the first time we'll be uh, able to see. This weekend? That game is Wednesday. Oh, so tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wednesday, 6 p.m. Well, that's excellent. I have something to look forward to when I get home from work. Yeah. Also, you know, maybe pull up dual screens because the the basketball games will be on as well. I'm probably not going to do that. Basketball pisses me off. Yeah, And then in the other baseball-like sport softball went three and one this past week. Well, three and two, I guess we had talked while recording, while the, te- the yeah. still not used to it. The Bulldogs yeah. were losing to ULL and they ended up losing that game nine to three. They then returned home to uh, doc Billy's Dr. Billy Bundrick field and beat Missouri state three out of four times, including one game that went to 11 innings, which is impressive. Not because it's two additional innings, but because it's four additional innings softball yeah. plays to seven. Yeah. Nice little, I think it was a walk-off. Let's see. What was it? A walk-off. Do, 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 do. Uh, oh, it was, a, it was just a walk-off. <laughs> Carol Eason singled uh, to second base and, uh, and drove in the RBI after a double yeah. from Alexi Gilio. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the softball team obviously looks great so far. Uh, obviously the, the one stumble this past weekend, but I mean, so far you got three hitters with OPSs of uh, of over one. Um, t- two hitters have averages of over five hundred, which is insane. Um, <laughs> that's Esam, Caroline Esam, and Alexis Gilio, uh, five sixteen and five forty five, respectively. Yeah, and I mean the pitching, I think, has been the main thing. Allie Floyd, who yeah. I believe is a sophomore, has just been lights out on the mound so far. ERA. And I'm more used to looking at baseball stats. So I know that an above one OPS is a pretty big deal. So maybe softball is not quite the same. No, if you've got three people hitting above one OPS and a pitcher with a sub one ERA, who's pitched the most innings for you, by the way, 32 innings, 32. innings. uh, (laughs) Yeah. That's that's some impressive. Yeah. She has Allie Floyd has struck out 27 batters and walked two. And given yeah. up four earned runs, by the way. So like just insane. Yeah. I mean, holding opponent and then and then Brooke Melnichuk is holding opponents to a 156 batting average in 25 innings pitched. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, with a one-two punch like that, it's hard to go wrong. And I think we've we've learned that in softball, you kind of you have your two main workhorse pitchers, and then you've got, you know, sort of other arms out of the out of the pen um that you need to count on sort of in spots like this weekend when we're playing five games in three days, um, six games in five days too. So, um, you know, we'll need to see some more out of these other pitchers that are, that are still in the single digits in terms of innings pitched, but, um, really exciting to see the textures kind of God, the textures. They're not the textures. I'm sorry to see the bulldogs. Uh, ah. it was so much easier to distinguish between the like different sports when it was all, you know, cause like, yeah, we're talking about softball, but like we're using baseball stats, you know? Yeah. So it's anyway to see the Bulldogs uh, <laughs> doing uh, so great this early is uh, again, it's like, it's like baseball, right? We know 
seven games is not large enough to make a huge statement with. And it's the same in softball. Uh, they've played 11 games. They're nine and two, but that's better than being like, that's better than being five and six. Right. Yeah. So uh, and this, this week will tell a lot too, by oh, the yeah, way, for sure. Uh, play some tough opponents. Uh, it's interesting. The first game that will be on the road at central Arkansas, uh, the bears are four and 10 on the year. Uh, th- this game is predicted as a coin flip, uh, 50% chance, but they also predict that central Arkansas will win four to three, but that just gets the week started. Tech then travels to Baton Rouge to play in the LSU tournament. I think is just what it's called, which is a great name. Um, and they face off against such teams as LSU McNeese, S- San Diego state and Illinois twice for some reason. <laughs> All of those games feature teams that rank below 100, so in the top 100 teams. And in all of them, the Bulldogs are protected to lose. Yeah. Uh, 42%, 30%, 10% against LSU, who's currently 13-0 and and ranked 2 in Massey. So not that I'm super optimistic about this weekend, but, you know, if our record of 9-2 and two is more than just early season warm-up games against some inferior opponents – this will be a time where we really figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think a good result this weekend would be winning some of these games, right? I mean, I I don't think we're going to win all of them, but you know, coming out and seeing how you compare against teams that are either similar to you in rankings, like Illinois is, is 81 in Massey right now. We are 57. Um, again, it's early. So it's, it's kind of hard to trust those rankings a lot, but like, I mean, hell, if we pick up a win against San Diego State, they're number 34, LSU's number two, and then McNeese, uh, who, by the way, we're, we're playing in Baton Rouge on Sunday and then turning around and, and like not even coming back to Ruston, I bet, and playing them in Lake Charles on Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, it's just a really, a really good litmus test for where we're at right now, um, you know, to, to see how we stack up and hopefully we can, you know, keep the bats hot, keep the pitching uh, clean and uh, come out with some wins down there in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And then quickly touching on other sports around the tech verse this week, the indoor track and field championships were this past weekend in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, I believe we had a couple teams do very well in the relays, both men's and women's. Yeah. Women's women's relay came in second, got the silver medal in the four by 400. The men's team uh, won the 4x400, so there's a gold medal, a conference championship for you. And then, let's see, we had the silver and bronze in the 60-meter finals for men's. That was Rodney Heath Jr. and Julian Ford uh, taking taking those two spots. And let's see, another podium in the 60-meter hurdle women's final, a bronze medal for Tony Ann Forbes, a triple jump men's bronze for Kobe Johnson, and a uh, bronze in the high jump women's for Ariel Williams. Um, so shout out to all them. I believe there were six total podiums um, along with a bunch of personal records set uh, here on the stage where it kind of matters most. Yeah. Then also in tennis, the Bulldogs beat Grambling six, nothing on Thursday. Nice. I think. And Northwestern state yeah. four to three on Sunday. I think that was our first win at Northwestern in quite some time. I saw on Twitter. Oh. Um, I think, I guess they're good at tennis. I, I don't know. Yeah. They'll be put to the test as they travel westward to New Mexico state and UTEP this coming weekend. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's do our predictions. <laughs> let's, we've been putting that off long enough. So one men basketball, one 
women's basketball, four baseball games. Jesus. <laughs> oh God. Uh, one, two, three, six four, softball five, games. Six softball Jesus. games. <laughs> My God. Oh. You know what? I can't break all that down, folks. Uh, Wingstop was calling my name. The the honey glaze wing is back, and it's my favorite. Uh, so I got to get off here. But uh, I, I'm not going to say. I think that I don't trust the women's team. I think they'll go down. The men's team, I'm picking to win. <laughs> Baseball, we've won every game so far. So I'm going to go ahead and pick them to win all of them. Uh, softball, I'm going to say four and two. Okay, so that's four and two okay. for the uh, four and two for the the softball team. So. Sound of You're sweep. saying I think uh, nine and three is your prediction. Oh, I'm no. going with that. I'm going with that. Oh God! <laughs> oh uh, no! <laughs> so that's the one that we the, collectively get lost out of the Independence Bowl. Is the Liberty Bowl calling? Uh, so <laughs> done deal. Yeah, it's a done deal. Saving the Texas. So the uh, I'm going to go nine and three. Uh, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to go twelve and zero uh, in more ways than one. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say nine and three. All right, give me give me two basketball wins. Okay. Uh, give me. I think we'll beat McNeese. I think we will. I think we'll go. I think we'll beat Army and Creighton and drop to Air Force. Uh, so I think we'll we'll lose our first game of the season there after starting. What is that? Ten and zero. Uh, let's see. Give me a dub over Central Arkansas. I think we'll split with Illinois. So uh, two and one. Uh, drop to San Diego State and LSU. So uh, two and three and then beat McNeese. So three and three week for softball, which would be, like I said, that that's a great week. I think for softball, uh, was that everything? I think so. So I got three and one baseball, three and three softball, two and O basketball. So that's eight and eight eight and four. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Well, I proved earlier in the show that I'm a God. So what I say goes in 12 and O. Every game is going to be a win. Yeah, you better you better say twelve and zero. Now that you've unlocked these powers, <laughs> twelve and 0. Yeah, yeah. Let's if if you're right, you really have this power. You know. Yeah. We got to prove and it once and for all here. Once and for all, and then never again, apparently. But yeah, one guy who proved himself at least to me a little bit more with how he presents himself on social media. Hell Our yeah. new university <laughs> president, Jim Henderson, had a great tweet this week, Evan. What was it? Yeah, he tweeted during that um which which game was this? February 24th was the Saturday game. Uh so the New Mexico State game, right? He says if Conference USA officials and he tags them too, if at Conference USA officials are going to call that junk foul on Bacho, they need to call it consistently. Problem is they could call it every possession and then like the cursing emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh great tweet. Uh, love seeing the president. And, and this is one of the things he talked about too, in his interview, uh, with bleed tech blue. Like he, he talked about how sometimes his wife is embarrassed to be sitting next to him at games. Cause he's, he's yelling at the officials so much, but then, you know, she'll get worked up beside him too. So, um, yeah, love to see that. I mean, I can't wait to, uh, to meet him at a game, you know, um, at some point and, you know, obviously, uh, see his antics in person, but, um, yeah, great tweet of the week. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, GTPDD.dog, where you can go to the shop and get this month's merch of the month. The basketball jersey says Bulldogs in script. If you forgot about it, go buy it now. (laughs) February has an extra day, so you have one extra day to get $5 off. But come March 1st, that will be back to full price. 
So I guess it was never at full price to begin with, but it will go up $5 and that will be the new full price. So get that now, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Nathan and I were at Tech. Tech was in the whack and Kusa. Yeah. Fun. And got Renault and guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Dan retired the year before uh, I graduated. And Les Geis, uh, at that time, a rather portly, imposing man, uh, shook my hand when I walked across the stage, looked me square in the eye and said, Matthew, congratulations. And I said, you magnificent bastard. You have to stare everybody in the eye and give that same level of false sincerity every time for five hours today. You, sir, are truly an admirable human being. Just kind of <laughs> signed up to do it again. He's going to do the commencement speech at the upcoming graduation. No, that, no, so. no, I think you understand. That's exactly what I said. I took up a lot of time on the stage. <laughs> Love you, Dr. Guys. Hopefully enjoying his retirement by not listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs>